Hey, church family, great to see you here. Uh, last week, we began a series called Taking New Ground. And uh, I can imagine a lot of people are saying, how on earth could we be talking about taking new ground when really the world around us is in the middle of such a crisis? But what I want to remind you about this series is we're not talking about taking new ground, maybe the way the world would think about those terms. You know, how can I become a better, richer, smarter, better looking version of myself? Uh, we're really talking about taking new ground in terms of what would I, what, what could I extend in my life? What could I grow in in my life that would actually cause me to be more like Jesus? So I'm thinking in terms of taking new ground and extending my life in terms of things like love. You know, how can I take new ground so that my love would increase for others? Or how about my generosity? You know, how could it flow more freely um, through my life? Or my faith. How could I take new ground in my faith so that it would become stronger? I would become bolder in my faith. Or maybe some need to extend uh, ground, take new ground in the area of your personal freedom. You know, what are things that have held me back, weighed me down, and kept me from being the person that Jesus would really want me to be? So those are the terms in which we're, we're talking. And, and I think we should all be asking ourselves, you know, what is it that I need to grow in? Where do I need to take new ground? And what we're doing is we're looking at the book of Joshua and exploring it and realizing that it really has got some deep insights from the Lord as to how we can take new ground. So last week, we looked at the first half of Joshua chapter 1, and today we're picking up in verse 10, right after God had been telling Joshua, be strong and of good courage. So read along with me, uh, verses 10 and 11 of Joshua chapter 1. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Now, I want you to pay special attention to these words right here. Notice, God has a new territory for his people. He is giving it to us, but we have to take possession of it. I want to be really clear. Grace, the grace that comes from God through Jesus, it's free. Grace is free. But growth, that's uh, something that we have to work at. But we can do it. We can grow in, in uh, the things of the Lord. We can take new territory. He has given us his very Holy Spirit to help empower us and to enable us to do that very thing. And beyond that, he's given us his word and he's given us his church. He's given us you and me to walk alongside each other. So it empowers us on this journey. So grace is free. But to grow, to become more like Jesus and to take new territory, that's something well, we've got to work on. To understand what comes next in this uh, chapter, chapter one of Joshua, we need to understand and be reminded of a couple of things. Two things, actually. 
Number one is that uh, all God's people, the Israelites, had been broken by God into 12 different groups. They were kind of the clans within the larger uh, assembly of Israel. And they were known as the tribes. There was 12 tribes. So that's number one you got to remember. The second thing you need to, to remember to understand where we're going is that the land that they were going to be taking, the land that they were going to be going uh, to possess was the promised land. This had been promised all the way back to Abraham many, many years before. And for the first time, that was promised in Genesis chapter 15. So now here comes Joshua, and here's what he's saying. In three days, it's time to possess this land. After 400 years of slavery and 40 more years that, uh, that we've been wandering in the, in the desert, now is the time. In three days, we're going in, so get ready. But what you may not remember is that out of those 12 tribes, there was three of them, Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, who had already decided they liked the land where they were already living, right where they were um, already housed. They, they were like, we like this land. In fact, you can go back to Numbers chapter 32 and read the story about how leaders from these three tribes came to Moses and said, we want to live right here. In fact, in verse 5 of Numbers 32, they said this. They said, give us this land as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. We don't want to go there. We want to be right here. We believe this is our promised land. When Moses heard what, what uh, these three tribes were suggesting, he was ticked. In fact, his response, you can read it starting in verse 6 of, of Numbers 32. He was on fire when he was responding to these three tribes. But he starts out with this question in, in verse 6. He says, should your fellow Israelites go to war while you sit here? He was saying, you, you think that you can just hang out here, kind of fat and happy in your own little promised land, while your brothers are going to be risking their lives to enter that place that God has for them? No way. Fortunately, these three tribes, they caught it. They understood what Moses was saying. And, and what they did is they promised. They said, hey, if, if we can stay here in this land that we believe that God has for us, um, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to actually, when the day comes that our brothers are going to be having to cross the Jordan and go into battle, we're going to go right alongside with them. Even though we're already happily settled in this place, well, that's our promised land. So now we come back to Joshua chapter 1. And here's, and here's what we see, picking up in verse 12. Joshua is saying to these three tribes, But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. That was the land on the other side of the Jordan. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, 
must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land. So what does this story have to do with us? And what can we discover here about taking new ground? I believe that God is reminding us of this, that we are not to settle for our own personal promised land when there are others that have not yet found theirs. I believe that God is saying, yes, I have a place for you, but leave no one behind. Not your family, not your friends, not your co-workers, not other students that you go to school with, at least when school starts back up again. Now listen, we could just talk in spiritual terms uh, about this story. Listen, if you've put your faith in Jesus, well then in spiritual terms, you are already in your promised land. So how are you going to help others by crossing over that river and helping them to find Jesus for themselves? And that's a really good point. And uh, I think it's really important. But I want to ask this question from a different perspective. Because right now, as followers of Jesus, we find ourselves in the middle of a global crisis, truly a global pandemic. Things are getting bad in many places, and not just around the world and not just far away in New York City, but even close to home. But at the same time, there's many people, even some of us, who well, we feel we're doing okay. You know, it's like I've got my job, Jesus, Netflix, and I've even got toilet paper. So I'm all good. You know, we can almost hear ourselves saying, you know, man, I'm so glad that I'm in my happy place on this side of the river. I sure hope it works out okay for those who are going into battle on the other side of the river. And right now, many, many of our people in our country and even those close by, they are stepping into battle right now. Here's what we know today. That well over 100,000 people have contracted the coronavirus here in our country. And while many are recovering, well, there's others that are not. And there's many families and many communities right now who are grieving over what is taking place and over the loss of life. Just this week, we also know that 3.3 million Americans have applied for unemployment. And it's just tragic. And we know that many businesses are also saying, man, we don't, we don't know what's going to be on the other side of this. Yeah, the government is saying that they're going to step up and help and provide different financial opportunities. But we don't know how many businesses are going to be gone when this is all said and done. And there's many others who are dealing with severe anxiety and depression. Ah, the world is scared around us and filled with fear. In fact, in the news this weekend, I read that a nonprofit that runs a national suicide prevention hotline said that the volumes of their calls have spiked by 300%. 
Yeah, the world's in turmoil around us. So if you're a follower of Jesus, and like me, you feel like, hey, right now, I'm, you know, I'm actually doing okay. Well, praise the Lord. But God has called us not to settle. We're called to step into the battle alongside those who are struggling. And if you're struggling right now, I want you to know you're not alone. God is with you. And so are so many of God's people who want to just come alongside of you and bring encouragement and and hope and resource. But I want you to take a look again with me at the words of Joshua to those who are already living in their promised land. Let's take a, a closer look in verses 14 and 15 of Joshua 1. He says, all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. Hey, if if we're doing okay right now, kind of like those three tribes who are already secure in their, their place, guess what? We are being called to lead the way for others and to help them secure what they need for their own freedom. The Marines are known by a motto, first to fight. You know what? I believe that that's what God is saying for us as well, that we need to be the first ones to join the battle. We need to be the ones who go on ahead and lead the way. Listen, I know that that is risky. It is risky, Christ-like behavior that I'm suggesting. And there's no doubt about it. The danger is real. And you know what? I'm, I was reminded thinking about that this week that I remember when I was in junior high and going to my dad and just complaining, dad, being a Christian is so boring. Yeah. And I was so wrong. That dumb little junior high self thinking that Christianity could be boring. It's not. Can I tell you it's risky? God calls us to risk everything for the sake of others. Man, when when Joshua and Moses were telling these three tribes, man, get ready because you're going to lead the way. You're going to be the first to fight when it comes to securing freedom for your brothers, helping them secure their promised land. Listen, I, I would anticipate that many of them shed blood I'm sure that when it was all said and done, and we'll get to this part, that part of the story later on in this series, but later on, I'm sure that as, as they were coming back home, that there were ones who did not return. Listen, the risk is real. That's a dangerous world out there. But God calls us to be the first to fight. Think about these words of Jesus to his followers. He said this in John 20, 21. He says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you the same way. I believe that the Apostle Paul really caught this reality. That if Jesus himself was sent to give his very life for others, for you and for me, Well, that our lives might be required as well because we have been sent 
the same way that Jesus was sent. Toward the end of his life, Paul said these words to some of his friends. It's captured in Acts 21, 13. And Paul's saying to his friends, he's saying, Why do you cry and break my heart with your tears? Don't you know that I'm prepared not only to be imprisoned, but to die in Jerusalem for the sake of the wonder of the name of our Lord Jesus? Listen, why do we think that this life of following Jesus is going to be easy or risk-free. We're called to be the first to fight so that others can find their freedom. What could God be calling us to do to help lead the way for others? What could he be calling us to do to risk much for the sake of others? We can answer this many different ways, but you know I've been thinking um, over this past week about these stimulus checks that now it's that's been signed into into law. It's they're coming, right? They're uh, those stimulus checks are coming to many many Americans, and and I've been thinking about that because um, I know that God has already supplied like what we need in our household, at least for today. I, I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I don't know what's going to be happening in in the life of economy and what's how that's going to impact our church. But I know that for today, that Kelly and I have a roof over our head and we have food on our table. And yet this check is coming. And and probably like many of you, we're, we're in that same tax bracket that we probably are going to be getting the full amount that has been uh, pledged by the government. And so we're anticipating that in some weeks, we're going to be getting a check for $2,400. And here's what I've assessed and along with Kelly in prayer is that I believe that one of the ways that we're to lead the fight is that we are pledging to give every penny of what comes to us through that stimulus check. We're going to be giving it away to help others who right now are in a time of desperation and real need whether it's through healthcare, whether it's through food insecurity, whether it's through those that are houseless during this time. I I don't know, but we're going to be giving those funds away, every penny of it. In some ways, I feel like, you know what, I didn't work for that. Um, It's not my money. This is money that has been set aside to help others. And so guess what? I'm, I'm receiving this from the Lord, right? So that I can multiply it back out to those who might really need it. God has allowed me to be fruitful, and now I'm multiplying it back out so that others might be fruitful as well in their own lives and in their own stories. And we're going to be giving it probably a significant chunk. We're going to be giving it to our church because our church is serving people. And and we may look for other agencies within our community to give as well, but every penny is going to go back to those who are in need. Listen, now, if you need that stimulus check that's coming, then bless the Lord. It's for you. Keep every penny of it. Use it for your family. Use it to do good. But listen, but you've been like thinking probably like many have, because uh, I know many are still working and doing fine and still have what they need for today. And if you've been thinking like bonus, like, hey, we're going to be uh, taking those funds and, man, maybe we're going to plan a trip next year. We're going to Disney World with that money. But 
But listen, if you're doing that at the same time that others are struggling and fearful and dealing with all these issues that have been stirred up in even in our own country by this pandemic, let alone around the world, can I can I really encourage you? Pray about it. Ask the Lord what you're to do with that money. And maybe many will join Kelly and I and pledge to give all of it away. But listen, you pray about it. But I'm I'm pretty confident that what you're going to hear from the Lord is going to echo with uh, what Paul said to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 10.33, when this is a paraphrase, but he said, yeah, don't seek your own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. And at a time right now when so many people are trudging across the Jordan, going into battle, what are we going to do to really help them succeed and to find their promised land? So listen, like I said, there are many, many probably even watching this. You're going to need those funds. But there's other ways to engage the battle, to be the first to fight, you know, as we've been doing already. But can I encourage you to like reach out to your friends, to co-workers who maybe you're even separated from right now and encourage them and let them know that you're there for them, that you're not going to let them walk through whatever it is that they're having to battle alone, that you're going to be there right there with them. You can also sign up to serve. Um, find an agency in our community. Just this week, we put out on Facebook a, a link to some, a great site in California that's helping other people find, hey, where can we sign up to serve right now um, through whether it's giving blood or helping the food bank to distribute food or there's a number of different places where you can serve. Hey, are you willing to risk it? You know, it's like, man, we're all hunkered down in our, our bunkers, right? We've got the doors locked. We're keeping the virus out. But are you willing to risk whatever it might take to help others to find their freedom and to find their promised land? And then, of course, would you continue to pray? Pray for those who are suffering. Pray for those both close, nearby that are suffering, but also those who are far away. Would you lift them before our Father who deeply, deeply loves each one? Here's what I know. If we stay barricaded, kind of within the safe borders of our own little promised land, there's going to be others who will never make it to theirs. We cannot take new ground while leaving others behind. And if you're someone who needs help, man, our hearts are with you. And you may need someone else to come alongside of you in your battle. And I want to tell you right now, please, please ask for help. We're here for you, but I know many others are as well. And just remember, it's okay to not be okay at times. And if that's you, please ask for help. You can go right now onto our church website and right there on the homepage, um, sm4.org. 
you're going to see that there is a link. It says virtual connection card. Just click that right there. There's going to be a place for you to put in your information and let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can pray for you. Now, we have a team of people all week long who are praying every day for needs that come to our church. And, and we want to stand alongside of you. Ultimately, your promised land is not going to be found through money. It's not even going to be found through health. Our true promised land is found in a person. His name is Jesus. It is only through Jesus that we can find that true rest. Oh, man, that rest to our souls that comes when we have put our trust 100% in him. Not in government stimulus checks, not even in our neighbors around us or others who might come to the rescue, but it's Jesus. He's already paid the price by going to the cross that you and I, well, the ultimately we have our rescue in him. And so we can be at peace even when so many others around us are doubtful, hopeless, struggling. We can be there for them. Because we have found our promised land in the person of Jesus. And you can have that confidence as well. Hey, I want to close by showing you the, I believe this, this awesome, amazing response from these three tribes. It's found at the very end of Joshua chapter 1. And, and you may be wondering, man, well, how did they respond? Man, what, this great challenge that they were given to be the first to fight, to go ahead of others to help their brethren find their own promised land. And in Joshua chapter 1, 16 through 18, here's the conclusion of the chapter. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us to do, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only May the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Only be strong and courageous. Now may that be our cry as well. Be strong. Be courageous. Be the first to fight. To cross that river ahead of others. To bring them help where they need it most. Don't leave anyone behind. That's how we're going to take ground, friends. Hey, I want to pray with you. And, and then when I'm done praying, I'm going to uh, bring just some comments for our church family, some, some little updates. So uh, watch to the end of the video. Um, but I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, I thank you that God, that whoever is watching, whoever is listening, that Lord, that right now they would have such a confidence that Lord, like never before, they're experiencing your presence in this very moment. Lord, that the reality of who you are, Jesus, is going to be made known to them. And that, Lord, I pray, Lord, for those who are not doing well right now, those who feel like, man, I'm trudging across this river, headed right into a battle, and, and I'm fearful, I'm scared. Maybe those, maybe there are some watching who are dealing with sickness in their bodies. Maybe there's there's others who are who are um, joining us right now, Lord, who are at different places of economic ruin, and they're going, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, would you bring them hope? Lord, that they are not alone. 
And God, I pray, Lord, that the resources of your people, not just the resources of our government, but Lord, the resources of your people are going to be coming to be available to serve those who are hurting right now and in places of desperation. Lord, and for those of us, Lord, that we we feel we are doing well, that we have what we need for today, that our needs are met, roof over our head, food on the table for today, that God, that you would challenge us to step out and to be willing to risk much, not for our own sake, but for the sake of others, that they might be saved. And Lord, for each one, Lord, who may be far from you, Lord, right now, wherever they are, whether they're with their family around a table, Lord, or maybe they're just laying in bed watching watching or listening to, to this, Lord, would, they, would, you, would you just cause something to rise up within them, Lord, where they would cry out to you and be found? Jesus, it is only you, Lord, who truly is the one who will bring us into our promised land. And Lord, I pray that each one today would find that place in your name, and by your power. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, thank you for being with us. And here are a few updates for our church family. Number one, church, uh, man, I want to thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving. So we have a giving page on our church website. If you just go to sm4.org slash giving, um, you're going to find that there's just some really simple instructions that even while we're apart, you can contribute generously. And I thank you for it. You know, we're kind of in unknown uh, waters here together. And man, it's so important that people are being generous and giving. And I really appreciate your gifts, whether you put them on in the mail or whether you uh, click and give online. Uh, there's instructions for how you can do that. So thank you for doing that. Hey, secondly, this Wednesday night, we're starting at 7 p.m. our Discovery Book Club. And so that's coming up. Uh, join us uh, online. There's instructions on our website. Um, you can go to the church calendar and you can click on Discovery uh, Book Club that's starting this Wednesday. And listen, if you haven't done it already, go on Amazon, buy the book. There's instructions on that, but you're probably going to want to get the Kindle edition if you haven't ordered it already so you can start reading immediately and uh, so that you'll be ready for conversation on Wednesday night. And the third thing is this. Listen, we want to be praying for each one. So I do want to encourage you, please let us know if you have a need that we can either be helping with or whether we can be praying for you about. We're in this together. You are not alone and you're loved. We'll see you soon.